Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and welcome to a very special episode, episode 40 of the Busy Business Women podcast. Now, just like celebrating a 40th birthday, I reckon celebrating 12 years in business is a pretty big deal too. And that's where I'm at today. So I'm going to be sharing with you my birthday excitement of reaching 12 years as a solopreneur and business owner. And I'm going to take you through 12 truth bombs from my 12 years in business that will make all the difference to the smile on your beautiful dial and your bank balance at the bank. So there are a myriad of different things I could share with you and teach you about my roller coaster journey as a business owner, but I've picked these 12 out because I feel like they're game changers and they've made a significant difference to me thriving as a business owner. So what I want you to do is grab a pen and paper if you can, sit back with a cup of tea and enjoy the Facebook Live that I shared on my 12th business birthday that has got some really good golden truth bombs in there to help your business not just survive, but really thrive. And if you would like to watch the Facebook Live replay, all you need to do is go to the show notes, which are at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 40, and you can watch the Facebook Live replay right there. So without further ado, settle in and let's get cracking. And happy birthday to me. Today marks 12 years as a business owner. And uh, I'm pretty bloody stoked I've made it this far, frankly. So I wanted to jump on the live today and I wanted to share with you 12 truth bombs from my 12 years in business. That will make all the difference to the smile on your dial and the balance at your bank because I'm going to be sharing with you some of the insights I've had over the last decade plus two years Um, that have really helped me in business and things that I didn't necessarily know at the start or that I've learned along the journey and the long way to getting here 12 years today. Okay, so let's begin. Um, I have a few notes here because I started writing this out last night and realised it was like war and peace. There were loads. There's way more than 12. But from a marketing point of view, 12 and 12 years sounds way better, right? But there are so many different little snippets and insights I would love to share with you today. So I've tried to curb it to 12 and I'm going to share with you the ones that I think really kind of stand out to me. Honestly, I've got to just say, I get more excited about my business birthdays than I do my real birthdays. And I'm a real birthday person to start with. But I, you know, like, I don't want to make the assumption it's like it's easy to stay alive because it's not. But I reckon it's bloody harder to keep your business alive. And, you, you know, for those of you that follow me and have been, you know, watching me for a while, You'll know I talk about the statistics of small business in Australia and it's really pretty poor. Um, you know, there's more women starting businesses in Australia than ever before, which is hugely exciting, but the failure rate is very high. So only 3% of businesses make it to five years. And I know that every single one of you, when you start your business or started your business, it's like birthing another baby, right? You're really excited about it. It's your passion. You desperately want it to work. So the thought of it not being around in five years plus 
is really bloody depressing and you put a lot of time, effort and money into it, the last thing you want to do is not have that that birth, that um, business baby around for the long term unless ending it is the right decision, yeah? So I'm going to share with you some of the things I have done in my business that have helped me get to this point. And obviously there are loads. You know, I could just talk about sales and marketing on its own, uh, but I want to just share with you some other snippets that I've found kind of fundamental. Okay, so I just got to share with you a little bit of frazzle because I caught a rat this morning, probably not what you're expecting to hear on my birthday celebration, but far out, I could not be a rat catcher. And that is why I'm a business coach, not a rat catcher, because it was hugely stressful and not something I was anticipating starting my birthday celebrations off with. But, uh, you know, I'll just put that down as another win from working from home. And you will not see any rats in my beautiful office. Let me just tell you that. Okay. I, as I did say in my promos for today, I am an oversharer. And there you go. You didn't know to know about the rat catching, but now you do. And I hope that you appreciate that little present from me. All right. So 12 truth bombs. Okay. The first one is you will doubt yourself and doubt your ability to make this biz building journey a go. I cannot tell you how many times over the last 12 years I've questioned whether I am good enough, smart enough, capable enough, have enough knowledge, blah, de, blah, de, blah, insert all of those other limiting beliefs. You know, am I, can I do this? Have I actually got what it takes to be a successful business owner? And I have realized that that is kind of your rite of passage and that it doesn't matter how capable, how smart, how upskilled and how equipped you are, you will doubt yourself on this journey and from my experience multiple times. And that is normal. So I'm not here today to talk about how to get over that because with 12 tips, we could be here for hours and hours. But I want you to know that if you are doubting yourself right now, then I have doubted myself so many times over the last 12 years and have on many occasions gone to job boards like Seek and Jura and whatever else is out there now and looked at what is available and looked to see whether I was still employable and questioned whether I should still be my own boss. So if you're in that space, I hear you, I feel you, I know what it's like and, uh, you know, you can move on from that position but I've done it a lot of times over the last 12 years. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, number two is friends and family won't support you. Now, I've talked about this a lot before, but I really want to hammer this home. When I started my business, everybody was very, very supportive and for supportive for a while. But to be honest, that support died off relatively quickly in the great scheme of things and way sooner than, you know, when I was earning enough money to not need their support because your friends and family want to support you and they're excited about what you're doing, but they're not there to be your sales and marketing machine to keep referrals coming your way. So they'll, you know, they'll mention you at barbecues and talk about you when it is easy for them, but they're not there to be the sales and marketing director of your business. So you're not at the forefront of their mind thinking about how they can send clients your way. And they will forget that you need support. And they also have no idea, unless they're in business themselves, what it is like to have to bankroll yourself to actually have to have the clients, the lead flow, the income to be able to pay your salary. So they don't know the stresses that you're under. They don't know what it's like to go through the roller coaster ebbs and flows of being a business owner. And so they forget about you because when you were employed, you just went to work every day, got paid money, came home, spent it, did things with the friends and family we're talking about. And that was life. And now your life as a business owner is very different. 
And the people around you, unless they're in business, won't realise that. So I think it's very, very important to wise up quickly and not get bitter about friends and family not supporting you because that is normal and I have fully experienced that. And to be honest, still have those moments where I'm surprised that people are more supportive or more thoughtful. But that's gotten, I've realised over time, nothing to do with me and nothing to do with my ability. I'm still good at what I do and I still create really happy clients. It's just that it's not our mums and dads and sisters and brothers and friends' job to be the the marketing machine behind our businesses. So get comfortable with that, get okay with that because you will feel, you know, a lot happier in yourself and have more of a smile on your dial when you're not being bitter and annoyed that people around you aren't peeping you out to their, you know, potential new clients, okay? So that's number two. And feel free, ladies, to comment and let me know what your thoughts are on these truth bombs and your experience, because it may not be your experience. You might be listening to these and going, well, actually, Faye, my friends and family are awesome. And I say kudos to you. That's great. But my experience over the last 12 years in business is that's the exception to the rule. And I'm really pleased that's the way for you. Okay. Number three uh, was not everyone will like you and that's okay. Now, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I'll rant on about niching. I'm not about to turn this into a niche rant. Uh, But what I realise, and I wish I had realised sooner, is that it is better to be liked by fewer people, but of the right people, than try to be something to everyone. Because when you're trying to be something to everyone, you don't speak loud enough in the right ears and you won't get the client flow that you want. So recognise that as a business owner, you don't need to be everything to everyone. You just need to work out who are the people that are going to really love you in spades and how can you hang out with them more. And there is so much potential in your business when you get your head around that. Again, if you want to hear any more ranting about this and need to go into more depth, listen to any of the podcasts on the Busy Business Women podcast because niching literally comes up in every single one of them. And bearing in mind most of those podcast episodes are interviewing other successful business owners. There's clearly a common theme, right? But it took me many years to get my head around the fact that niching was the way to go and that I should stop trying to be jack of all trades and master of none. So don't try and make everyone like you. Connect with the people that you can do amazing work for or sell great things to who will love you back in return, okay? Uh, Number four, if you don't think you're a salesperson, you have no place in business. I'll say that again. If you don't think you are a salesperson, you have no place running a business, Ouch, many of you have just gone, right? I was having this conversation with a fabulous lady called Jenny White from True Potential Sales the other day. She came to our end of financial year networking um, soiree. She's also on the podcast this week and she's going to be our Shine Masterclass presenter in July talking all about sales. We were having a very candid conversation because we both come from tough recruitment sales backgrounds back in the day before we were running our own businesses. So it's obviously a long time ago for me now. But we were saying how, you know, if you don't think that when you get into business, if you don't think that you're going to be in sales, then you're really wildly disillusioned because you can't run a business without being a salesperson. Now, you might not be very good at sales, but you do need to recognize that part of your job as a business owner is to sell. And selling is just a conversation and it's a conversation with the right people and it can be a really beautiful, enjoyable conversation, which is exactly where I'm at in my business. 
when I'm having conversations with potential clients, I love it. I don't shy away from it at all. But I'm not making cold calls to people who have no interest in working with me. I'm having smart, targeted conversations with people that I know I can help and I know are going to value my services. So it kind of ties into the previous point, right, of not trying to be everything to everyone. Uh, When you are targeting the right people and you're having conversations, then that is sales and you need to be ready to have those conversations. And if you are shying away from picking up the phone, and it doesn't need to be cold calling, but actually speaking to people or conversing them with them on um, messenger or email or in a chat or whatever, but actually having some kind of sales conversation, then you are going to trip up later on down the track somewhere because you're not going to have the lead flow and the client base and therefore the income that you want. So every single business owner is a salesperson. And if you're not focusing on sales, then you're going to come a cropper. So I cannot give you a hefty enough nudge and elbow in the back if you aren't focusing on sales right now and if you think you're not a salesperson because if you're running a business, you are and you need to be, okay? Shalini said, yes, I actually love selling, but I look at it as serving. Yes. What a really nice reframe. And that's the thing. If you don't like the word sales because you've got some weird negative association with it, not you, Shalini, but I've come across lots of people that have, that's okay. Just change the word, but recognize that you need to have those serving conversations so that you can serve your audience and let people know what you do. So I love that, Shalini. Shalini, Thank you. Uh, Number five, your ideas won't be unique and that's okay. How good is that? It takes the pressure off. Like, I love coming up with new ideas. I'm a creative person, not in terms of art. I can't draw to save my life. But I like thinking about new things, ways of doing new things, new offerings to my clients, trying to be creative and innovative. But the reality is that probably easily 90% of what you have seen me do in the world of busy businesswomen, other people in the business coaching and productivity arenas, do as well. I'm not bringing you rocket science every single day. As much as I would love to say I am, I am not doing that. What I'm doing is delivering what I know really, really well in my style and my way, in the busy businesswoman way, right? So don't feel like you've constantly got to be coming up with something brand spanking new and, you know, new in the world. What you've got to do is take what you know really well and put your flavor and twist on it so that the people that really love you are going to get value from what you're sharing with them. Because I know that not everybody loves me and I don't want everyone to love me. Going back to future previous points, right? It's okay to not love me. But what I do want is the people that really connect with me and like my style to get real value from what I share. And that doesn't have to be rocket science, groundbreaking new ways of working. So take the pressure off yourselves. If you're... um, you know, thinking about running a Facebook Live or running a podcast or creating a new service or offering or running a workshop or whatever it is you're doing, just because someone before you has done something similar doesn't mean that you can't do it too. But don't copy them. Do it your way. Put your flavor and mark on it and do it brilliantly in the way that you would. And that's okay. So it takes the pressure off and allows you to better serve your clients, okay? Uh, Let's talk about outsourcing. People will tell you to start outsourcing because I have done that many a time. And when you do, you're going to really hate it. That's been my experience. Now, some people don't have quite that experience. It's much more positive. And there are a lot of people uh, like Christy Smith at Virtual Elves that can make your life in outsourcing considerably simpler. 
But the reality for many people, and I talk about this a lot with my clients, is that, yes, you should start looking to outsource. Outsource the friction in your business. Outsource the things that are not in your guru space that you can't do as well, that are too time-consuming, and get other people who are experts in those areas to do it for you. But just because you know that you should do that doesn't mean that the process of outsourcing is going to be simple. So it's probably, the, you know, an easy analogy that people can not necessarily relate to because they've done it, but they've heard people do is when you hire a cleaner. Now, I've never hired a cleaner. My friends will say, yes, Faye, we realise that. Um, the dog tumbleweed hair going through the house. But, uh, you know, but you hear people talk about they've hired a cleaner and then they've gone and kind of cleaned their house beforehand because they're so paranoid about the state of their house for the cleaners to see. And then when the cleaner's gone, they're disappointed that it's not been done to the degree that they want to. And so it then puts them off having the cleaner again because they feel like it was a waste of time and money. The problem is often in the communication of that outsourcing. And I speak from first-hand experience because about three years ago, I signed up for, I had three months of time with a virtual assistant and project management team overseas. And it was really, really flipping painful, painful experience. So I knew I had this bank of money to spend on all of these outsourcing services. And I was really excited about it because I knew that, you know, I'm 12 years in business. I've gone nine years without outsourcing really anything, a little bit of graphic design, but otherwise nothing else and web, and web design. And uh, now I'm like, wow, I've got this whole team that can help me. This is going to be amazing. It's going to change my life and my business and everything. And what happened is I just felt thoroughly depressed by it because it was really difficult to get things done the way that I wanted them to be done. You know, I'm a reformed perfectionist. I'm a control freak. It was just really uncomfortable for me. And the reason was that I like things done a certain way to a certain standard uh, by a certain time, and that I was expecting those people to be able to take my minimal um, instruction and be able to just run with it as if they had all of the knowledge and expertise that I have in my business, which, as I say, that is ridiculous. And I know you're all going, yeah, Faye, that's ridiculous. But when you're in those shoes, you can behave very differently. And I hear this time and time again from clients that are starting to work with a, a VA or an overseas project management team, and they're not getting the results they want, and they're frustrated by it. Let me tell you, when you nail it and you get it right, which is where I'm at now, it is a breath of fresh air. So I cannot encourage you enough to fight the friction in your business, get stuff outsourced and outsource well. But recognize that if you want outsourcing to work, you've got to put time and effort into it, just like you would if you hired a staff member. It's no different. Don't expect miracles because you're paying someone $20 an hour. You're sending a document to them overseas and you're expecting it back in half an hour with amazing English and beautiful graphics. It's not going to happen. Be smart with the way you communicate and be realistic. But when you have that approach, then outsourcing can be amazing. If you don't, it's going to be a complete pain in the ass. You're going to wonder why people like me encourage you to do it in the first place. Okay. Hi, Glenn. Hello, ladies. Hi, Sharon, Penny, Nicole, Nat, Shona, Karen, so many of you. It's great to have you here. Okay. So that's outsourcing. Number seven, uh, if you don't know your numbers, you are going to stuff up. Uh, this is really, really important. I go on at my clients again. I sound like a complete ranting lunatic. <laughs> at times I am. 
Um, but testing and measuring and knowing your numbers in business is really important. But from my experience, so many women in business, apart from the, you know, the accountants and the techie people and the people that are really on top of their numbers, run away from the testing and measuring and running, run away from kind of analysing their numbers and getting stuck into the detail. If you don't know how much money you're making, how many leads you get, you've got coming into your business, what your conversion rate is, or what it costs you to create the thing that you're creating or the hours it takes to deliver the service that you're delivering, then you can't possibly look at whether your business is running efficiently and effectively. And that's a very, that's dodgy ground to be in, okay? So you do need to know your numbers. And if you are listening to this and shying away from it, I really encourage you to either go and get a bookkeeper, talk to your accountant, sit down with somebody, you know, a friend or a mentor or somebody in your network and just get your head around the basic numbers. Not just from a financial point of view in terms of your accounting and knowing your revenue and your income and your profit, but also from a marketing point of view, looking at uh, your diagnostics in terms of insights from Facebook, for example, and Instagram and your conversion rates. You know, if you're spending all of your time on Facebook, but when you look at what where your paying clients come from, none of them come from Facebook, well, that's really powerful information because you should stop marketing on Facebook or at least dumb it down a lot and go somewhere else where you're actually going to get great lead flow and conversions. But if you don't look at your numbers, you're not going to know that. And sometimes it can feel really scary, and particularly if you haven't spent any time looking at numbers, you might be sitting there listening to this thinking, well, I don't even know where to start. There's some really easy places to start, and it's going to really empower you in your business when you get your head around those numbers. So don't shy away from it because it makes a massive, massive difference. Uh, Next one, number eight, is get serious about money. Falling on from the numbers and the financials is really get serious about money. Now, I'm not a mind, money mindset coach by any strength of the imagination. Go and follow someone like Denise Duffield Thomas for that. He's amazing. Um, but what I'm talking about here is paying yourself regularly and from the absolute outset of your business, paying yourself super. I wonder how many people listening to this are not paying themselves super. I know it's a high proportion. Now, I made sure from the very early stages of my business, I paid myself a really minimal amount of money every single week and I paid super without fail. I also saved for my bass and I made sure that I was covered so I never ended up getting a huge tax bill, couldn't cover up, couldn't cover any of the bills that I had. So I want you to really be mindful of where you're at in your business. You know, for me, I was paying myself $500 a week. Um, and, you know, I come from corporate earning great money. That just felt shockingly awful because it was so different to what I was used to uh, to making. But what the, the powerful thing in that step was, it made me think, all right, well, at the end of this week, I need to be able to pay myself 500 bucks. This is the early days of my business. I now have no money in my bank account. What am I doing to get more leads through in my business and how am I converting them? Because in three or four days' time, I need to have $500. And that means, you know, one new coaching client or five new online clients or whatever it was at that time. And it really shifts your head from being worried about how you're going to pay yourself to what action do I need to take to get there? So it doesn't matter where you're at in your business right now. You should be paying yourself a wage absolutely consistently. So whether it's monthly or weekly, I personally love to pay myself on a Thursday morning. It used to be Fridays, but I you know, sync it with my husband. All the money goes into the same account at the same time and we know where we're at. That's what works really well for me. And I have done that religiously for 12 years. 
every single week without fail and I siphon off the super money as well because I don't want any of you getting to the you know retirement and just because you run your own business you don't have super so I'm not here to advise you about super Uh, my awesome client Katie Whiffin is a wonderful person to talk to about that but make sure you are serious about your money and you're not running your business like a hobby because uh, that's a whole different ball game and it's a risky a risky kind of rabbit hole to go down So next one, number nine, Um, you are capable of more than you realize. I have realized this over the years that I was having a conversation with somebody, I can't remember who it was, last week, and we were saying how when you've been in business for, it doesn't have to be donkey's years, but for some time, you end up having this knowledge, knowledge of expertise which might be up there. And your clients may come in at this level, but because you've been working up at this point for so long, you kind of think that this is the basic level. And so everything you share, you think needs to be better than that or you know, at, at a certain higher point. But actually, there's a lot of stuff, this gap in between, that is massively valuable to your community and to your clients. And you actually are better than you realize. And I think that's a really important wake-up call and realization to have because as small business owners, and particularly those of us that are solopreneurs or, you know, don't really have many people around us, we can lose sight of how valuable our expertise and knowledge is, how well we're doing and what we can bring to the table for our clients. And if you're ever having those wobbly moments where you're downing yourself in business and maybe you've not got the client flow and lead flow that you want, and so you're starting to question whether you're good enough, just recognising that you've got all of this expertise that adds value to your clients is really, really important because otherwise we start to lose track of this big chunk of information that can be leveraged from our clients and, and give them huge value, and we're just focusing on going up and up and up. And that's great because we get those premium clients that we can add even more to, but you've got all of this stuff that you're not taking advantage of in your business. So recognize that you are capable of more than you're probably letting on. And uh, don't let that kind of, you know, the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulder, the devil start telling you that you're not good enough, you don't know enough, or you haven't got the level of expertise you need. Because in most cases, sometimes the most basic level of understanding and knowledge can add real value to the people that you really want to work with, okay? Okay, that was number nine. Thanks for being with me, so many of you. I really appreciate it. Uh, Number 10 is sometimes you need to give up and stop flogging a dead horse. So I talked last week, I think it was in a Facebook Live, about, you know, the importance of actually keeping going with good ideas and not just stopping when the excitement of the idea has worn off and you're actually in that, you know, uncomfortable phase of execution. This is actually kind of the flip of that or, you know, maybe another angle of that point is that we also need to be mindful in business of where we thought we had a great idea and we were really excited about it. But sometimes we actually need to go, you know what, this hasn't got traction, hasn't got legs, it's going nowhere. And I need to put my ego aside and actually step back and say, this is one of those things that didn't work. And it's not that you're a failure. We all know that, right? You'll have had lots of lessons from that experience. But sometimes things in your business are not going to work and you're not going to like that. And it's going to feel like a big kick in the guts. But it is better to wise up sooner rather than later and make the tough decision to go, all right, I need to move on from this. What am I going to do next? What can I salvage from this? What can I twist and where can I pivot to use what I've learned from this and move on? And don't stay kind of, 
as I said, flogging a dead horse and trying to make something dead work uh, because that's just not going to happen. And as I'm talking about that, it's bringing back to me the rat that I caught this morning. Like, you know, don't flog a dead horse or try to resuscitate a dirty old rat. Okay, <laughs> I'll move on because it's gross and it really freaked me out. It's giving me like weird palpitations now. Okay. Our next one is people will take the piss and you need to learn to say no and push back. I've talked about this a little bit also recently of how I'm a people pleaser. I love to give, I love to help. And God knows in 12 years of business, people have taken the piss out of me. Uh, People will ask and if you keep giving, they will continue to ask because I also recommend in business that the more you ask for, the more you get. So asking is such an underutilized strategy. The problem is if you're a people pleaser or someone that really likes to give, that if somebody, you know, cottons on to the fact that you're likely to keep saying yes, they're going to keep taking advantage of you. And it is not their job to stop. It is your job to push back and say no. And sometimes those conversations can be really tricky. Sometimes they are really confronting because they're people that you really like or are close to and you're starting to feel uncomfortable with the fact that they're taking advantage of you. You've got to put your big girl pants on and have that tough conversation because otherwise it can really turn relationships sour and it's going to feel like you're going to feel pretty shitty about it. So recognise where you are being too generous People are taking the piss and stand up for yourself because you don't have the capacity to deal with that as a small business owner and neither should you regardless of what size your business is, okay? Uh, That was number 11. And number 12, wow, I got through this quickly. Uh, Number 12, what do I say? Relationships will get you further than transactions. And I really wanted to end with this one because my business, lots of parts of my business are online. So I could focus really so not solely I wouldn't want to but that's a whole other topic but I could focus a lot of my time and attention in purely online transactions right purely on like Facebook ads funnels getting people into my funnels buying my programs and with very little interaction with people Uh, but that's not my style of the way that I like to work but also I think as a business owner, you need to be out there building relationships, real relationships that involve conversations. They may even involve wine and dancing and karaoke, which I know lots of my clients are on this line right now. And we were doing that on Friday and it was awesome. But that's also one of the reasons that got me thinking about point 12 and why I wanted to end, you know, my birthday live today on this. I really want to encourage you to get out, find your tribe, find your people, find your network, find your mentors, uh, talk to your clients, even if you actually don't have to, to make money, be that person that goes above and beyond and has conversations because it's relationships that build businesses and, you know, transform lives, build bank accounts, uh, have bigger impact in this world. And I want to strongly encourage you to make that part of something that you do every single week, ideally, and every day, but if not, at least, you know, once a week, once a month, sorry, get out there and meet people and build that community that gives you the connection that you you need and hopefully desire to help your business go from strength to strength. Uh, it's very easy as business owners to stay, depending, well, depending on what type of business you run, but to stay at home and be quite isolated. And I think that that's also another reason why the the failure stats for small business are so high because it's very isolating. Women don't necessarily get the advice and the expertise and the connection they need. And suddenly it becomes too hard. 
There's not the rewards and the satisfaction that they thought they would have when they're running their own gig, and so they give up. And I'm on a massive mission to change those statistics in Australia and worldwide. You know, for those of you that have been following me and my clients, you'll know my word for this year is impact. And I've I've been absolutely driven by that. But I believe that that starts with having really good connection. So I want to encourage you to get out there and connect and find your people, even if your people is just one person that you know is supportive and is happy to have those business conversations that your family and friends don't necessarily want to have or equipped to have. And uh, get out there and, and find your people and have fun with them because I know for me in 12 years of business, it hasn't been the time sitting at my computer on my own, scrolling Facebook or writing an email that's made me love what I do. It's when I've got out there and spoken to clients and seen the difference that's made in their lives and my lives and the communities that I run that has kept me going. And let me tell you, this has not been an easy path at all. You know, many of you know the story about how I was, um, you know, nearly giving up my business two years in. In fact, I'm going on my um, 10-year wedding anniversary holiday in three weeks and four days' time, not counting at all. And that was the point of my honeymoon nearly 10 years ago. And that's when I thought my business was going to fold. So, Those emotions, I can still kind of feel them in my throat, right? They're really, they were very raw at the time and I can still really relate back to how painful that was and how confronting that potential decision was. I really hope that some of the things I've shared with you today will help you stay away from, you know, that position that I was in and help you enjoy your business more and actually, you know, run it for longer and love what you do because I think that's really important. Otherwise, you might as well go back and be an employee, right? So those are the 12 um, points I wanted to share with you today. Thank you so much for being here to celebrate my birthday or 12 years in business. I really appreciate it and looking forward to sharing with you a bucket load of awesome birthday goodness, 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 goodies this week. Far out. I need to go and have a cup of tea. Thanks, ladies, for being here. Love you loads. It's been fun hanging out with you and I'll see you again later on this week. Take care. Bye. Bye.